Hello, 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 and thank you for tuning in to Arte de C de C, a podcast for brown women by brown women. Thank you for listening wherever you listen to podcasts and taking this South Asian American women's journey with us. We're calling this episode nine Sexy Arte, as we'll be exploring sex. I'm too sexy for my shirt. It's one of the most important ways we can get to know ourselves, our sexual selves, and desires to own and explore for ourselves. Are we making you uncomfortable yet? Well, good. That's exactly why we want to talk about sex. Not for procreation, but for pleasure. It's that hush-hush topic that we could never talk about. Our parents never gave us the birds and the bees talk. We were embarrassed to talk about it even with our closest friends. And all along, everywhere else, we were getting shame signals and beliefs telling us it's wrong, scary, or dangerous, especially for women. Yet, sex is all around us. It's in education, in religion, movies, shows, laws, economy, relationships, books. Like there's literally a 2,000-year-old book called the Kama Sutra that is about the sexual goal of pleasure and not procreation. Why do we accept this toxic, pervasive culture of discomfort when it comes to sex or anything related to sexual pleasure for brown women? What's up with that in our families and in our communities? Why can't we talk like, you know, it's just a normal part of being human, of being women? Well, Sexy Arte are here to talk about sex and normalize talking about it openly and candidly. Let's jump into the conversation with your hosts, Geet, Amna, and Sammy in episode 9 of Arte. Hello, Orte. Hello, Orte. Hello, sexy Orte. Okay, Did today's I give it first away? question. <laughs> no, you didn't. That was wonderful. Today's first question is how do we learn about sex as young people? Amna? I learned about sex because I was eight years old when my sister got married and I saw them. They were. <laughs> We lived in an old house and I was, my mom said, so my sister and my brother-in-law came, like they were newlyweds. Ben ki leli, ben sun legi aapki. Kaegi hadi hoge. Ben ki kai dupa legi diya. I saw my parents too. I grew up in a household where older people were getting married. So, um, so my mom said, go get them for tea. It was afternoon. So like, I ran, I was eight years old. So I ran to the, to that place because it was quite far and it was an old house. So I, you know how kids do it, that as I'm running, I pushed on the door, but I mean, meant to knock on the door, but the door opened. <laughs> and there was my brother-in-law on top of my sister. <laughs> And you were like, woohoo. No, I, I, I closed the door and I ran back. And, and, you know, first I said, mom is calling you for tea. And then I ran back. And then my sister came to me and said, did you see anything? I was like, no, I did not see anything. <laughs> Please stop this. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I learned. <laughs> About Amna learned about sex by actually seeing being it. in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. 
अच्छा चलो अनइनवाइटेड गेस्ट टू समवन एल्सेस सेक्स चले ओके सो हाउ डिड दैट मेक यू फील अमना ओ आई वाज अपॉल्ड बिकॉज़ दिस वाज माय ओल्डर सिस्टर फर्स्ट व्हेन शी गॉट मैरिड आई फाउंड आउट द डे ऑफ हर वेडिंग दैट शी इज लीविंग एंड आई क्राइड थ्रू आउट and my all my pictures were like i'm crying and mm. and then i saw this man on top of her so i was like what the fuck i mean i didn't <laughs> even know what this language yeah is. i mean what the fuck was actually accurate yeah <laughs> uh, i know right <laughs> i did not think that but i i just was so mortified ki what is this man doing so you know my mom actually then taught me she was like but she had taught us before too okay when now that baji is married you always have to knock so i was knocking but the door opened to bye but then i saw my parents like fast forward few years and then i saw my parents oh jeez you're just walking in everywhere <laughs> well i mean it's not my fault and <laughs> so that's how i learned about sex from my bachpan se avara thi no i was very, i was very prudish and i was just i i hated doing this like seeing these people because i was mortified ki ye kya ho raha hai anyway anyway chale me yeah. wow um Can you top this? <laughs> Can I t- no, no. No, I don't think anything tops this after this. Uh, th- there's no topping Amna. Um no, how what was my uh understanding of sex? I don't think I had any. And I think if you can even highlight like it can be one incident that sort of sparked your curiosity of like yeah, would it? <laughs> Or like were there multiple things that, you know, helped probably helped you sort of gain your understanding of what sex was no i mean i remember have as a child i remember in third grade or fourth grade um sex education which was nothing about sex you know <laughs> it was more about physical differences like gender education which is what they should have called it but right. yeah kind of like a variation of biology they should have called it gender studies but it wasn't and i remember i never witnessed anybody Um and I don't remember thinking about it much either. Like I do remember very first conversation when I was a young girl probably hitting 11 12 where my friends were starting to get curious about it and they were talking about having these erotic dreams and stuff and I used to get highly disgusted by it. I was very different from my my peers where like if they would start talking about it I would get really grossed out and um very prudish and that's what they knew me as for a really long time like all my friends not knew me as but I, what i mean is that they used to make fun of me that way they used to be you're such a prude so i remember it not even being like something i thought about i was very active kid um very tomboyish as a kid loved you know skateboarding and things like that so sex was like the last thing i used to wrestle with boys yeah it was like wwf reenactment <laughs> so it was me never too. like me too It was never a sex was never a topic in my mind. Um when was the first time that I I think through experience like when I started liking my very first crush. Yeah. And then we started exploring together. <clears throat> so yeah, I think it was more through exploration of self and of just having a crush on a on a boy, you know, like that's how I started to learn about it. 
But even then, I was still very prudish when it came to sex well into until at least I got married. <laughs> Which is pathetic. Same, same here. Same here. Which is I, pathetic. I mean, I saw an adult version movie of something, which was, I think it was Red Shoe Diaries or something, where me it was very scandalous behavior for like sixteen-year-olds to sit down and watch this this show, this movie that was kind of considered adultish. But in that, there was no male nudity. It was a lot of female nudity, which was nothing new for me, right? Like I was like, mm. duh. Like I'm a girl. What's what's the big deal about this stuff? Mm. So yeah, I don't think sex was even a thing for me as a kid and it was not something that we talked about at home um my mother would get very shy and prudish around me about it too she would talk about liking boys she would talk about crushing like having a crush she would talk about wanting to date boys but she never talked to me about well not as a kid at least i mean she started talking to me in my teens about it what about you sam hmm i'm like (laughs) <laughs> I think there's so many ways that we learn about sex, but I think, right, like, so obviously, like, Bollywood movies and Hollywood movies and shows. So there's sexes around you in all these places, right? It may not be as, like, actively in your face, but I felt like there's, you know, and even seeing Amna, like, you, your sister, right? Like, these relationships that are also around you, too. So you sort of pick up on some things, but you don't really know what's happening either as a kid. You're like, whatever you're right um but the first time that i actually remember recognizing something like that was so i was 10 and as a family we were sitting and watching that 1992 movie with amitab and sri devi i think and they're playing like a muslim family from afghanistan i think afghanistan yes and so they get married and so then they have you know their sohagrat and so then they show this scene of like Amitabh and Sri Devi in the tent. They like, you know, they're getting it on, but they obviously don't really show, right? Like Indian movies, I think, didn't really show it so blatantly back then. And so, or openly, I guess I should say. And so I turned to my like mom and my dad and, you know, everyone. They're like, and I said to them, I'm like, Are you the Muslim? What are they doing? Wow, so you knew that what was going on in the tent? Yeah. So I had some concept of it. And I also understood gay as a Muslim, like I was, that was a shame or that like it should not have been done. And so I think even I will agree that growing up, I was very prudish because I think we are getting all these shame signals around us about it too, which make us sort of go, ew, like I don't want to. I don't know. It's presented in sort of a dirty way. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you on that, because I remember as a, even when I was a kid and it, it showed up, we used to watch Bollywood movies together. It was a thing as yeah. a family. And similarly, now that you're talking about it, yes, there was some scene in some movie, probably but in the or something. Nay, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't even matter. So whatever movie it was that there was a scene where it was like Jackie Shroff and somebody or Anil Kapoor and Madhuri Dixit. And there's like blah blah i don't know something was happening where something was fading in and out and i was confused i was i was really confused so i oh, was probably eight, eight or nine and i turned to my mom and i'm like what is this and my mom is like Chup karo. Shh, shh. Kuch bhi nahi hora. it's not for you and i'm like okay so you like right. freak out and you're right. like oh this is very shameful i should not be asking these exactly. questions so, yeah. Yes. Yeah. i was 15 and i remember visiting my brother there was this movie Aap Ki Kasam. So there, just the gun song, Jadeshif Chankar. 
So this was like uh, several people were watching this movie. And and my sister wanted to sit there and watch the whole movie, younger one. <laughs> and I felt so embarrassed. Now I think there were not really that many scenes, but I felt mortified that I am a bad person and we are all bad people watching this. Yeah, probably because I, I don't remember making feeling like it's we're bad people and we're doing something bad. But I do remember them saying to me, shh, you know, and like, oh, I did we something. We don't talk like, about you know, it. We're yeah. not supposed to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also remember as a kid watching like late night, everyone had gone to sleep and the TV was on. I was flipping the channels, you know, when you have to like flip channels and then some would be like kind of fuzzy and stuff too. <laughs> and so there was one fuzzy channel and I'm like, yikyore. And so it was a porn. And so somehow, some, I have no idea how, but porn was being picked up through our antenna. And <laughs> I sat there, first porn I watched was like this woman giving a blowjob to a man on an airplane. Ah! And I was like, you playing baby with that? <laughs> Mile high club, oh, my dear. Right. Oh, but it's just, um, I'm <laughs> probably 13, maybe uh. 12, 13. So like, you know, eighth grade, I guess. But I think that was. The I think first there was time. some point in time yeah. where, like, cable boxes had porn channels on them, or channels yeah. that turned to porn after a certain right. time, and that was not that was parentally it. locked. Like, if yeah. parents didn't know that, that like, Desi parents, most of them don't realize this, yeah. and I don't think they would like put parental locks on it where those channels would like lock out. You, because I remember too right. skipping through at one point, and it was a movie channel or something that turned to porn after yeah. twelve o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> And the funny thing was that it was really fuzzy. So I had to like really kind of watch it carefully to see what was actually happening. And then finally I was like, oh, wait. (laughs) Oh, wait. Oh, wait. (laughs) And then going to the 13 year olds having me, oh, no, no. Oh. Oh. Exactly. And then you go, I went to the bathroom before going to bed and I'm like, "Uh, okay, I guess I'm wet. Like, but I didn't put the two things ever together in my mind you know what i mean like that there's this sexual situation going on and there's something that happened inside my body about yeah your physical physiological response to that right like my brain was like processing and went went, okay like this is happening not to me but like i'm just still watching and that was some sort of like sexual simulation and it's just that was the first sort of time where i was like huh okay there's something there's something there (laughs) i had older brothers and sisters sister and they all they were all getting married when i was reaching puberty so i had sister-in-laws and their friend because it's an extended family so they're friends and uh, you hear so many things i used to get mortified i used to just put my hands on my ears and i said i don't want to hear it but they're (laughs) telling you your sister-in-laws are telling you stuff anyway so and you know like fun as a kid too right like telling these dirty jokes you'd be like hee 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 like (laughs) Yeah, like you're doing so, something adultish. No, I, I used right. to get very right. offended. I used, to, <laughs> I used to read dirty jokes and found that in my own privacy to be okay. But to hear it from another person, I, I used to just get very offended. Yeah. And how so, much of that is our society telling us yeah. to be offended yeah. by it? Be right? offended about it. Be right. offended by It took me a very long time to get to a point where I'm not offended by sex. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm saying me that like too. it's right now. Yeah. It wasn't right now. It was a while ago. But... Yeah. I mean, it. I still. It took me a long time to get comfortable with people cracking jokes about sex. Yeah. Um, talking about their sexuality openly. I. I feel like it was well into my thirties. 
that I was same, not. Same here. Why do you same think here. that is though? Like, why are we all afraid to talk about sex? Talking about it even with our friends because we're like so afraid that they're gonna judge us or treat us differently by knowing that we've had some sort of sexual explorations or have had sex. It's yeah, the, in, in my because I grew up in Pakistan, so I will say that it's the dichotomy of the society that mm-hmm. you know it's a hypocritical society. So even though Pakistan and India are where porn is watched most in the world, uh, yet we don't want to talk about it. So we teach our kids to not talk about it. So that come and especially girls. You're just not supposed to talk about it. The virgin purity, right. innocent. Yeah. And as we were getting older, girls were getting, young women were getting married, 17, 18, 19 years old. And they wouldn't even talk to you about it. Right, right. And, I think and, it's because our entire life is based on approval of others, right? Yeah. yeah. And as someone... That and purity culture sort of... Tired, purity culture tightly. yes but yeah. purity culture also comes from wanting to you're, you're you're feeding into whatever it is like you want their approval you want your parental right. approval you want society approval you want your cousins and whatever whatever yeah. environment that you're growing Girlfriend's up in. approval in class when the kids start to talk about it then you have to pretend like you don't know anything so then you mm-hmm. fall into the culture of like well what does our community say you fall prey to what our community b- believes Right. To be the norm, so women are supposed to be nek, parveen, hi hi. Mujhe to kuch nahi pata kya. To ye sab hona chahiye. And if it's not there, then you're not your mukammal zaheen aurat, right? Right. And, and so, when you start to get married, you know, when women, young women who got married, then you wanted to know like what's going on, and they're like nothing, nothing, nothing. It's right. it's a pain. It's torture. Like, they want to pretend, like, you know, I remember... And, huh, and see, you pick up those nuances as a kid, yeah. right? Okay, oh, because right. sexual auntie or you hear things. There's so Bobby. much subliminal yeah. messaging in our community too, right? Like, right. oh, you're talking about that auntie who's wearing a midriff sari, showing her midriff. Yeah. And or her cleavage, my, God forbid. Or her cleavage. cleavage. God forbid. And my... And my... And my... Closest ones to us are sitting, standing there and saying, oh, oh no, usko dekha. In, in ours, is like, did you see what she's wearing? Oh, my God. Did you see how she's carrying on? Oh, my God. So yeah. we also pick up those nuances and we're right. like, well, we don't want to be, oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. Lo kya kahenge. Lo kya kahenge. Lo kya kahenge. Like, never fucking leaves us. I know. <laughs> I remember so, much later, like, I we had gone to Caribbean um, and... We had really beautiful pictures with my daughter's dad and grandma before we were divorced, before my daughter was in the picture. And I brought those pictures, beautiful pictures. And I brought those pictures to Pakistan. And my khala said, why are you sharing this with us? Because I was wearing bikini. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that like our bodies are sexualized in a way where we can't even like wear anything. I'm like right, in my thirties like, at that time, and I'm like, but all they could see was me naked. I wasn't even completely naked. I mean, right, but, but then purity but culture stops them right there, right? Yeah, and that I think purity culture also stops all of us from actually exploring ourselves, and I think that's what makes us so afraid to talk about sex is that because 
everywhere we look and everywhere every people like all the people around us are also saying and doing the same things they're like oh hey you know mudbot karo ha hey her cleavage is showing ha hey they're doing like it's always that manhus ha hey that also then in turn makes makes us be prudish like right the fact yeah. that we don't sexually explore ourselves we yeah. like actually actively avoid it and for so much so many years of my life i like never really explored that for myself and i was like what the heck am i doing like why not when when was when do you guys remember um having or experiencing or knowing about even orgasm your first orgasm Sammy. in my 20s in my 20s and it was like i don't know late 20s i think but i before that i didn't even know what it was supposed to feel like right like everyone i think has this mental image of what it is based on what we see in movies based on what we see in porn based on you know like based on what we hear based on books but until unless it happens to you like you know we don't and that's the other thing we don't talk about we don't talk about orgasms that's like so far from hum log sex ke bare mein nahi baat karte to matlab orgasm to bahut hi dur ki baat hai na jo bahut jo bahut dukh ki baat hai na matlab ek maa apni beti ko nahi samjha sakti ki this is the purpose of Like it's right. completely against our culture to say, listen, sexual satisfaction is a part and parcel of your marriage. You know, right. your relationship should include self-pleasure. It's an strange image in our culture that a woman is just supposed to lay there like a dead body and a man is just supposed to get on mm-hmm. top, do what he wants and then leave. Yeah. And it's been portrayed many times in movies too, in Bollywood, where this right. is happening. Um, not just Bollywood. There are movies here also in other cultures, yeah. right? Yep. Where the woman is not really interactive in the sex and it's just like something that's happening to her rather than her right. we're doing it together. And it's really sad to me to realize that girls grow up having no idea what that is, so they don't know mm-hmm. what the end like they don't they're and they're not okay to explore. Right. right? So exploration is also kind of looked down upon like a woman can't say to her, let's say partner, I want you to do this to me. How difficult is it for a woman to say this is how I want to be pleased can we explore this because right. that's also goes into the same connotations of like oh my god kitni avara aurat hai but the means but specially kahan kahan mu mar ke like i'm sure these virgin ko hai nahi exactly she can't be a virgin so right. she stuffed red powder up there i think <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, um, like Kool-Aid or ketchup, whatever. And and what's so sad about this is that I was a, I finished my med school and then I got married. I was a virgin, but the only experience was a minor kiss with someone. That's it. And I thought, and that was I was seventeen or eighteen, and I thought I was gonna die. I was gonna go to hell. And after that, I never even held hands with someone, and I got married. and i remember my wedding night it was like and he was not there he was in us so when he came back we got married and my sister had hung it, it was in a hotel room and my sister had hung like a sexy lingerie but i knew that they were going to do that so i had brought like <laughs> a cotton full sleeve i had got it sewn a cotton full sleeve full length night dress and i wore that <laughs> and i wore socks 
And your no, husband must have been like, come here, sexy mama. <laughs> my, but my husband should have known, you know, the whole concept was virgin, 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 virgin. Yeah, so when yeah. it was proposals coming, I only had one demand. I was like, he should be a virgin. I said, Wait, you, you demanded this? I did. And I said, you know, all my life, there has been this focus on virgin and Islam. And I truly was very religious and I believe that it's a sin. So I was like, I just have one demand. You should be a virgin. And they were like, I was like, possible. They're like, no, you can't ask that. The guy can. <laughs> Does, I, I can only because they can never ask that, right? Right. So I had this idealistic vision of sex, but I was not prepared for it. Nothing. We didn't have sex that night, but when we had sex, he didn't have any lube. Oh, God. Yeah. So he asked me, asshole. He says, do you have any Vaseline? Like, why do we need Vaseline? (laughs) How did he know what, what, how did he know that he needed Vaseline if he was a virgin? Because he was not. Mm. He told me. Or the fact that he was, I mean, men masturbate, like. Any yeah. man out there that's like, oh, oh man, you got that. And that's like no liar. Yeah, me, exactly. Right? Liar. Right. You have no consideration to me that you didn't bring lube. And it was horrible. First yeah. experience, if sex was nothing. I was like, yeah. this is sex. Right. <laughs> and then, like, the fact that... I'm not like, like, what the fuck is wrong with this world? Right. That they're crying and screaming about this garbage. <laughs> then, you know, then we, came, then we came to America. I mean, virgin is like, Exactly. I was like, I Wait, can I say something? Can I say something? About 10 10 years ago, I want to say, maybe maybe longer, because I'm now getting old and losing my memory. Um, There was was a fleeting meme that passed. Bollywood fucked up my version of love. Did everybody see this? Okay. Oh, for sure. I have to say... Bollywood really fucked me up. Absolutely. Okay. Romance novels fucked me up, man. English romance novels. When we look at who the authors and the directors and the creators of both of those things were, they were men. Men. So, like, it's no surprise that, like, men think stalking is okay. Men think what is okay? Men think, like, stalking (laughs) is okay. And making, like, sexual advances is like, oh, yeah, bring it. Like, the women are, like, totally asking for it, basically, all the time, right? All the time. And oh, it's not up and out. She's asking for it. Like, she just raised her arm. Right. And <laughs> I don't understand. Like, I'm waking up in the morning. I'm doing this. And you're saying, oh, such a sexy lady. Right. Like, like no foreplay. You have you're to trying to say, like, these men don't think anything except sex. Like, if I'm right. stretching, it's sex. If I'm bending, it's sex. <laughs> if I'm sitting, it's sex. If I... Jeez, man. And we right, already... Nape of the neck sex, kaan ke peaches, hadi ho gai yaar. And first time I had an orgasm, we had already been doing it for like five, six weeks. We, I was already in US and I had an orgasm and I thought there was something wrong with me. Because <laughs> it does oh. feel far and you're like, uh, I, I'm like suddenly like breathless and I don't know what's going on. I have to confess, I'm going to make a very big confession right now. So I was actually... Lucky enough to realize 
to realize <laughs> I can't believe I'm, I'm actually admitting this I knew what an it, orgasm it, was it, at it, around 13 14 <laughs> mm. so I'm just saying lucky lucky <laughs> by the way hey can we take a sidebar just for a second sidebar. the word audit literally means genitalia so let's just you know make it like let's we're all reclaiming this word for ourselves I think that funny thing is that I remember as a kid I, maybe I don't know like probably in my early teens, one of my khalas told me, I don't know, we were all like sleeping over their house in Pakistan one time. And she was like, don't sleep with a pillow between your legs. And I was like, okay. Like, she's like, nee, sharam, I don't know, like, ganda hota hai ya sharam hoti hai. Ganda I don't know, something like that. Why? But because it, somebody comes and sniffs that pillow? Is that her <laughs> name? Because like... No, because she... the pillow can stimulate you, right? Right, exactly. So like having something between your legs. And I think that's also why our moms didn't like us using tampons for that same reason. I think they were just afraid that we were like shoving something up <laughs> our hoo-hahs. My mom didn't... A pillow can I... stimulate you? Like if you're rubbing up against it, obviously, yeah. right? So, what kind like... of pillow is this, yo? <laughs> you can rub up that's actually how i discovered an orgasm like kind of later was like rubbing up against a pillow and i was like okay this feels really good and huh. so yeah and so like obviously very hard that... pillow hoga <laughs> you just have to bunch it up together india pakistan round the round ones. The round ones. The wo bhot hard hote hai. Oh, yeah. So like something <laughs> like that would make sense. Like ah yeah, I yeah. stuck that between my legs and all. Alright, you girls are just like having this is all wanting me to get a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God we're in twenty twenty two and now they have the rabbit, okay? Yeah. Get a rabbit. Right. Pillows are not necessary anymore. Right. Put down those brushes, yeah. put down the cucumbers, get yourself a silicone, like something you that's know, like I... not gonna infect your skin. Get a water based lube, like please and get enjoy a nice yourself. Vibrator. Right. Yes. The rabbit. I mean I think the that's rabbit. lovely. The rabbit womanizer. <laughs> right. The rabbit is actually dual pleasure, right? So it's yeah. actually it it helps you on both sides. So whether you're a G spot or a clitoral, either yeah. way you get to you know, is nice. some women are one and some women are the other <laughs> and i think what's some women are both <laughs> yeah. and there is also right. there are also vibrators for dual pleasure for for men and women and that's good to you know even do that like try new things that Why you not? haven't tried before exactly i think we are so beholden to our culture our purity culture and this like constant message of shame and stuff, right? Those like moral messages. I read this book and it was, she kind of parsed it out into these three groups. You hear moral messages like from your culture, your religion and all those things. You hear these media messages coming from movies and all those things. Then you have these medical messages coming from like your doctors. And so yeah. even just our medical textbooks and things like that are, you know, that's kind of and the message that we're getting. And men who get direction at everything are not, that's right. nothing. Nothing shameful about penis, right? I mean, women don't walk around with these things standing out of their pants like, hello. Right, exactly. And also, I and I get it. There's sometimes you don't have control over it. Like, I understand that too. But we just don't have any of those outwardly, like, visible things happening to our bodies. They're very sort of subtle. And so I think 
that's also why this message is like, oh, okay, men, you know, they can kind of explore themselves and it's all hush-hush still, right? No one's going to talk about it. But men feel like, okay, yeah, I can do this. And I but women, I sort of, I think women just sort of internalize that a lot more and eventually become like very prudish about it and like just hands off about like, no, no, no. You know, sharam ki baat hai or haram hai or ye hai. And also, you know, like my mother or women are, and older women around me, except for one of my babies, just said sex is a thing, it's a chore. You have to do it to please your husband so he doesn't go to other women. So fast forward, I got married, I came here. I was a doctor, but I knew nothing about sex. So then mm-hmm. my first husband taught me. It's like, yeah, you gotta do some things here. <laughs> Are you gonna move? <laughs> Are you gonna move? Like, yeah, what's that? <laughs> but luckily, my sister-in-law had told me about that so I was like and I'm a doctor so I have a knowledge of physiology and anatomy so I learned certain moves so you kind of have to like put all those things together <laughs> yeah but you just said there there are no books I read the books about sex much later in life mm. and and it's it's just like we're not taught about this we're not taught about like hey if you do these things you're also gonna feel happy right. so <laughs> Then what do you wish you could have said to your 20-year-old self about sex? I think my 20-year-old is going to have a love-hate relationship with me. <laughs> because I I keep going back to my 20-year-old and telling her things. She was a very self-righteous, prudish, judgmental person. She's just going to kill me, I think. I keep going back to her and say, girlfriend, just chill. Please don't. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy Have the a lot kids. of sex. Right. So my 20-year self, um, well, for one, to my 20-year-old self, I would say, don't get married, you dumbass. I okay. know. Same. That would, uh, that would be, a re- that would be a, an instant replay in my life would be like, no, don't do that. Do more, Right. Explore more. Um, You don't actually know enough. Stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. Because that's what we were concerned about. We were completely like, our minds were always taken up of, Oh, we were always talking about like, oh, because that's what you grow up in. So that's what you end up doing and not realizing that that's not the way to live life. So if I could go back to my 20 year old self, I would say, stop that. Look at what you're doing. Live your life. Explore yourself, right? Really get to know who you are. Don't get married, for sure. Um, And don't say a virgin. And there's no such thing. Okay, let's just be very clear. There's no such thing as virginity and hymen breaking and all this stuff. This bullshit that society has made up to control, further control women. Yes. And so let's just really kind of acknowledge the gravity of that too and how it's held against women who, you know, are like forced into sex and against their will or that they're they're judged because oh my god god forbid they don't bleed on the first night that they have sex right so like 
these things have actually like affected women's lives too. I think they've destroyed women's lives. I right. mean, I remember hearing stories of women that were sent back to their homes because they weren't virgins. So right. on the second night they were like, and they could have not been virgins because they went, I don't know, bicycling. Exactly. Um, or they were active kids when they were growing up and they, whatever, for whatever reason or for no reason. And it just, right. or you don't bleed. Like I didn't bleed the first day I bled a little bit after that and i was so stupid i thought i was having my period but i wasn't i was yeah. just bleeding and so right but i think those are exactly those things that like do harm us too we're so scared of you know okay oh my god you know like there's so many things that we're so worried about and stressed about and we don't worry actually about ourselves and our own sexual pleasures and we're told not to do that either and so we just sort of like double down on it and and it doesn't give women a chance to explore themselves. And I think that's such a sad thing. And I like if I could tell my 20 year old self about sex, I would say do more of it. Geith, just yeah. exactly like you do exactly. more of it. Um, don't feel shameful about sexual situations that you may have had with people that maybe didn't go well. It's OK. Mm. It's not the end of the world. I think I was beating myself up about those things, like things that have happened in my past for so long that I think I wasn't able to enjoy my own sex like that I was having. And, you know, and I think I didn't even realize how much that was affecting my mental state while having sex. But I think that would be the other thing that I would say to my 20 year old self is like, don't judge, not getting hung up about my own body too, hmm. of feeling like I needed to please a man in order to enjoy sex versus just pleasing myself and actually wanting that pleasure for myself. I think exactly. that's that's probably the biggest message that I wish I would I could have given my 20 year old self, because for too long, the culture has like wrapped you in this like thing of you have to please the man. And so everything you do is for that other person. It is a mutual pleasure. And that's the best type of pleasure. Sammy, and mutual or self, right? Those are both, both. great in their own ways. Amazing. Sammy, are you <laughs> going to read a... Um... An excerpt of the book? Uh, did you want me to? The yes. one that I had shared. Yeah, I thought it was a nice What's one. What's the name of the book? So the name of the book is Come As You Are, The Surprising New Science That Will Transform Your Sex Life by sex educator Emily Nagoski. Um, I found this book really valuable. Sometimes, you know, it's okay to ask for help. Sometimes it's, you know, helpful to even just read a book about... A certain topic like sex that can help us just see it a little differently from different perspectives. And I really appreciated um, this author's perspective. And so here's the passage. Medieval anatomists called women's external genitals the pedendum, a word derived from the Latin pudere, meaning to make ashamed. Our genitalia were thus named from the shamefacedness that is in women to have them seen. Wait, what? The reasoning went like this. Women's genitals are tucked away between their legs, as if they wanted to be hidden, whereas male genitals face forward for all to see. And why would men's and women's genitals be different in this way? If you're a medieval anatomist, steeped in a sexual ethic of purity, it's because shame. Now, if we assume shame isn't really why women's genitals are under the body, and I hope it's eye-rollingly obvious that it's not, why biologically are male genitals in front and female genitals underneath? 
The answer is they're actually not. The female equivalent to the penis, the clitoris, is positioned right up front in the equivalent location to the penis. It's less obvious than the penis because it's smaller. And it's smaller not because it's shy or ashamed, but because females don't have to transport our DNA from inside our own bodies to inside someone else's body. And the female equivalent of the scrotum, the outer labia, is also located in very much the same place as the scrotum. But because the female gonads, the ovaries, are internal rather than external like the testicles, the labia don't extend much past the body, so they're less obvious. Again, the ovaries are not internal because of shame, but because we're the ones who get pregnant. In short, female genitals appear hidden only if you look at them through the lens of cultural assumptions rather than through the eyes of biology. And that wraps up episode nine on sex. Please continue to be sexy, Orte. Listen to the Orte podcast on orte.com. That's A-U-R-A-T-E-N. Subscribe, share, and please reach out and let us know what other topics you'd like to hear from us. Until next time.